Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers just like you. Every Monday, I chat about recently watched movies with my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. I've never seen a man move like this. The dance moves, the way Gene moves, it's sexual. And my close friend and movie insider, Protolexis. Gotta dance. Every month we have a new theme that guides our featured discussion for that episode. And this time it's our last movie from the VHS Village Top 100 Movies of All Time. It's Singing in the Rain. And that's the pick from our close friend, Mackenzie. The photo of La La Land where their little arms are extended and I see that that Ryan Gosling's hand is not energized. It's just like limp. I'm like, get out of here. You are no Gene Kelly. Why don't they make movies like this anymore? Was streaming movies a mistake? Should we prosecute anyone who gives this movie a low rating? All this and more now. Singing, singing in the rain. I don't know if I'm going to say singing or singing. Singing? Singing. Read the poster. How's it pronounced? Singing in the rain. Singing? We'll answer the question, how do you say singing in the rain, the movie title, later in this show. Stay tuned. There's always some kind of debate now that I want to settle. This month's theme, we're wrapping it up as well, which was the VHS Village Top 100, the greatest movies of all time as voted by our supporters. And we have the person on the show, right, Meow, who put that entire thing together, the brains, mm. the curator, <laughs> co-host of the Austin Danger Pod, and more importantly, our friend, Mackenzie. Oh, welcome yes. back to the show. Hi, thank you for having me back. Welcome. Wow. You're First welcome. episode since Speed. Speed, the iconic, it started as a bit and then it became an episode <laughs> of Speed. <laughs> If there's one thing that we can guarantee, a bit will probably turn into a full-fledged episode. <laughs> I on mean, this in my case with Austin Danger Podcast, a bit became a full-fledged podcast that is now 50-plus <laughs> right. episodes deep. So That's true. If I can do one thing, it's commit to the bit. You want to talk about a bit? I think your next episode as of recording is Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers. So Boy, oh boy. You do the, you do the math. What? That wasn't a bit? <laughs> you guys oh really did God. that? Yes. It's coming. It's coming soon. I, oh, I'm Lord. so excited for that episode. It's going to be out by the time people are hearing this episode. And uh, yeah, it was very fun. <laughs> it's, it's it's like weirdly nice to have a movie that connects actually to Austin Powers. Right. And, um, you know, Mike is, it, it's there's scenes where it literally just feels like Austin Powers in a fursuit. So it really, oh it really just connects mm. deeply. So for those that are listening and have been waiting for a podcast that is tangentially related to the Austin Powers film franchise, your time is now yes. to check out Austin Danger Pot and listen Kev, to Cat in the Hat. My my co-host Kev, um, I forget he called us like the the like teen movie parody of Dune Pod, I think, or something right. along those lines, which I think is accurate. And I do think that um 
Oh yeah, stoner comedy version of Dune Pod. Thank you, Kev. Mm, that uh, makes that makes sense. Yeah, and I think Cat in the Hat's actually a good episode to jump in on because it'll be a very very good one. Horrifying. I had a horrifying experience watching that movie. I'd rather <laughs> not get into. Oh gosh. Um. So Trauma. usually when we have a guest on the show for the first time, we'll go through their four faves. So we had already done that in the past. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to quick go through your four faves currently. Did they change? Bound is number one. I don't think that's changed nah. necessarily since we since we last spoke. It's locked. Casablanca. Oh. Number two. You had said that might have been your pick if Danny... Whose pick was that? Was that Danny's I beat pick? To, yes, it was my pick, pick Slim. <laughs> two <laughs> that weeks was, ago. That was my first pick. As soon as I got asked, I went, I know what I'm doing. And then I mm. immediately was like, all right, drawing board. I return to you. <laughs> uh, when Harry Met Sally. Next. That was also phase. another movie I was considering for tonight. It was down oh to that and singing, I would say. Wow. <sighs> Absolute banger. Danny, do you have like the sweaters from When Harry Met Sally? Do you have those like, yeah, in your collection? Yeah, full, um, the look that she has in the library with Carrie Fisher, I have, mm-hmm. I wear that often. Mm-hmm. The glasses, the red sweater, uh, I tease my hair out uh, like that. So um, I look great in it. You already look great. Oh, thank you. And when you're not wearing it, it's on the mannequin in your room. <laughs> Correct. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fashion mannequin. <laughs> Uh, and your final four of your faves is the movie we're covering this episode. This yeah, is the I, one, Singing in the Rain. I added it there in honor. You know, I feel oh. like every time I watch it, I just think, man, I love this movie so much. So I, I popped it in there for, for today. Good heavens. You love it. There's one cool thing I do want to mention, too, about the VHS Village Top 100. You know, it was voted on by our supporters. Aaron put together uh, a new version based on a question that I had asked. You know, what would the the list look like if we just go by villager ratings. Mm. Oh, gosh. Harakiri is the number one oh. based on the average oh, rating wow. of the villagers. Look at that. I respect that. My God. Proto, any thoughts on that? I feel That feels right to me. Mm-hmm. What a, when I think of greatest movies of all time, that's up there. Top three. I'm on record as saying I'd spend $150 for 4K, that movie. <laughs> 150 Empire Strikes Back is number two. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's real. 4.81 average. Wait, what was that response for, Mackenzie? <laughs> I just... <laughs> is that how you always respond to masterpieces? I don't remember which Star Wars... <laughs> what, what happens in that one? What? I, I, I don't Luke know much about it, the Vader Star Wars. Vader is in it. Yoda. <laughs> is that the hand? Is it the second or the third one? It's the, the one with the hand. Ones? It's it's the fifth one. <laughs> He's got to karate kick the fashion mannequin in his room. <laughs> I just, I guess I, 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 I mean, but that makes sense. I, as someone who was taking in the polls, I was like shocked to see it, honestly, going above the original Star Wars so much on a lot of people's lists. I agree lists. with you on yeah. that. Mm, yes. Can't wait to discuss that in a future episode, whatever that is. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is number three. Mm, that feels that. right. That feels real right, Proto. Yeah. We were all there. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring is next. We don't have to talk about that oh. anymore. We already talked about that extensively. Singing in the Rain is next. Singing in the Rain is number five. Top five. So it rounds it out. Hell yeah. All right. So we'll we'll circle back to, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you, Mackenzie, on what some of the best movies of the year, in your opinion, that you've seen so far. So we'll come back to that discussion. But let's go the opposite end of the spectrum. Maybe some of the worst movies ever made. Danny, Danny's oh, Bond Oh, you want to talk about James Bond? James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Um, I had my letterbox up. One second. Clicking over. Uh, the World is Not Enough is a terrible movie. Um, <laughs> and 
I was really bombed coming off of GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies. But um, there's nothing I can say about this. I gave it two stars. I don't know why. The car, maybe. Mm. Pierce looks mm. amazing, but he always does. That's about it. How many women does he kiss in this movie? All of them. <laughs> Even M? They get close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dame Judy Dench? I don't remember that scene. How can you not? Deleted scene, my God. Uh, it's, it's, it's rough. It's a, it's a rough bond. And then because of how bad it was, I went ahead and watched Die Another Day to get out of this mm. um, Pierce era. Right. And it's it's just as it's just as ridiculously bad. Hmm. And you know what's funny is I kept what was the movie um the Batman and Robin with uh Arnold mm-hmm. and that's what I felt like it was. It was like the Batman and Robin version of James Bond. Wow. The ice wow. palaces and it just was it it, it, it was too it was too I awful. can see that. I, and I felt sad. I felt I felt gross afterwards. Like this is how Pierce ended his run on James Bond. He started so strong. Mm. She couldn't stick the landing. So I'm happy to be out of it. I, I'm giving it a breather till I start the Craig journey because I, I am starting with Casino, obviously. And it is, it is my favorite of the Bonds. So I'm excited to begin the Craig journey. For, do you have any thoughts on the Pierce Brosnan era of James Bond? Not too many thoughts. I It's been a minute, uh, maybe two minutes since I've seen any of his movies. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, there's been a little bit of conversation about where Bond is going next. Danny, mm-hmm. do you have an opinion about where where should Bond go now? Well, there was the there was the conversation because of Amazon owning MGM or some nonsense like that that it, it there they could lean into a TV series of Bond, and I don't think no. that's the way to go. Uh, I mean, Bond is a it. cinematic event. We go to the cinemas for the grandiose of James Bond. It doesn't belong on TV. It belongs in the cinema. That's the murder she wrote. Right. This is James Bond we're talking about. Right. This is James Bond. So I don't want to, I, I mean, I'm going to watch it if it's a TV show. Let's be real. I'll still watch it. Of course. Um, but it belongs in cinema. But didn't you have the idea of, whose don't idea was it? Maybe, I'm sorry. I'll give it to you anyway. Don't but put words in my mouth. The idea of, of setting it in the 60s Listen, still. Was that your idea? It, get it out of modern time. Get us out of modern James Bond. Put us back when things need to be rotary dialed to dial into anything, give us buttons and things. No more touchscreens. No more automatic steering. Let me just get us back in the 60s, a period piece. Go ahead, Proto. What if they were going to do a TV series, but the uh, the person in charge was Ryan Johnson? No. <laughs> I need you to <laughs> rein it in, please. Not what happening. if? I'm going to post a photo in chat. Okay, Dreamcasting. It's not Timo Chalamet. Oh, let's, let's I hear do you dream This is Bond Dreamcasting. Right now, I just posted the photo. I got a click. Oh Who is that? Irish <laughs> bad boy Paul Meskel from After Sun. He's he's the hottest actor yeah, going right now. The number one boy right now in Hollywood. Generic white guy. Who? Number one cinema boy. He's Paul got Meskel the jawline. Someone. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Imagine him in a suit. 60s era clothing. You couldn't find him in a tux? He's probably done a red carpet, Slim. You couldn't share a tux image? There's plenty of photos on here. I choose what I link to. Looks like he just stepped out of his garage. <laughs> <laughs> what about the breaking news? Just real quick before we move on from Amazon TV. The breaking news, Proto, HBO's making more Lord of the Ring movies. 
They're oh. going to be going back into the universe. They, they yes. got the rights from yes. someone. I don't know how they do these things, but they're going back in. The Broccoli's had the rights to this too. Movie lovers rejoice. Our time is now. This announcement is huge. How could I not be excited? Where were you when Peter Jackson was given the trilogy to make? You know where everyone was? Doubting. They were afraid. Danny was getting married. But we don't have to be afraid anymore. Because miracles has hap- a miracle happened before. It can happen again. I agree. Can a miracle strike three times? They did it with the original trilogy. They did it with the, the Hobbit trilogy. Exactly. Which is arguably maybe the most beloved of the two trilogies. Slim, Slim. you're just wanting And then when they come back. (laughs) It's about engagement. Uh, All right, we'll move on. Enough of this hogwash. Prado, (laughs) what did you watch this week that you want to talk about? I watched Miami Vice. I went back to Michael Mann. This movie has been on my my list for a while. This is from, uh, this came out in 2006. Almost 20 years old. Believe that. Um, Interesting fact about this movie. It's one of the first movies that's primarily shot on digital. Uh, Interesting. And you can really tell watching it. This, I, I want to say this is a, like, I haven't seen a movie like this. Just, this has just like a really unique look. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely like a Michael Mann movie, but there's just like this understated way of like telling this story that I wasn't expecting. Uh, I thought it was like really interesting. I, I didn't love it. I gave it three stars. I thought it was good. It just didn't really like, uh, you know, like wow me in any ways. Um, I love Jamie Foxx in this. Mm. I think he is a, a great actor. Everything I've seen him in, like mm. I've loved it. Um, okay. But it was interesting just reading a little bit about it. Like he was apparently like pretty tough on set. And I wonder if that's like why he hasn't been as many movies. Jamie um, Foxx was yeah, tough I feel on like, Fox? Oh, really? Yeah, this is, I, I guess this is twenty is this years ago. News? Can we get sued over this? this is uh, we may get sued, Allegedly. but I'm ready to go to court. I will defend my honor. We can't afford um, court appearance. Don't worry about. We got it, age. Right? Age could maybe put something in the pot, the legal pot, the tape deck. We, maybe he can help us out. We got legal pot. I the, my my main memory of Miami Vice is I bought it on HD DVD. It was one of my earliest HD DVD purchases, and I think I watched two seconds of it and I went to go return it. I did not. <laughs> I liked Collateral. I, I didn't like, I love Collateral. Oh. And that I feel like was also shot digitally or maybe not entirely digitally or faux digital. I can't remember, but it definitely has a different look. And then when I saw Miami Vice, I was like, I don't know if I like it in this world. And I never went back to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, it has a really strange feel to it. Can I say something while we're talking about Michael Mann? Okay. My most, uh, most... My, um, the one movie I'm looking forward to the most this year is Michael Mann's Ferrari with Adam Driver. I'm very mm, excited about really? this movie. Yes. I think it's going to be amazing. Is this F1? This is F1. No, it's movie. Ferrari. Oh. What is F, what's F1? F1 doesn't stand, stand for Ferrari 1. Is it Ferrari 1? No. Slim, Formula. I think those are different things. Hmm. We'll get the intern to confirm that. <laughs> when does this come out? What's the plot of it? Is he playing 2023. Mr. He plays Ferrari? Enzo Ferrari okay. in the 50s. Adam Driver <laughs> drives a Ferrari. Thank you. <laughs> this is a bit from On Cinema when Tim Heidecker thought that Adam Driver was the star of Fast and the Furious. It's crazy <laughs> to see life imitate art in that way. <laughs> this is written in the stars. So, Mackenzie, we're almost officially three months into the year. 
Oh God. You know, this is what the people have been, they want to get tips. They want to get movie recommendations from our guests, mm. you know, to get an idea of what you like. So what jumps out at you this year that maybe is at the top of the list so far? Is there anything that's, that's jumped so high up the list that you could recommend to anybody? Like that's a 2023 release or that- Or anything that you've watched for the first time this year. Oh, because I have quite literally only seen one 2023 release and it is 80 for Brady. <laughs> um, 80 for Brady. Which I wholeheartedly recommend oh, to everyone. You, you gave five stars to that, didn't you? One 80 for Brady? star for each time I cried <laughs> during 80 for Brady. <laughs> I'm not what? even kidding. Literally, I was 15 minutes in. And if you know, you know, when we're getting the backstory of how the ladies met, I started crying and I went, this oh. movie got me yeah. so hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that is that is literally the only um, 2023 release I've seen. I'm seeing people post about Cocaine Bear. I am seeing that on Sunday, so I'll okay. see two 2023 releases. Will that top 80 for Brady, Cocaine Bear? <sighs> I don't know. If the Cocaine Bear is as good as Lily Tomlin, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. About another movie I've seen that maybe isn't a new release that I really liked this watch this, watch this year. Oh, jinkies. Um I watched Todd Haynes's I'm Not There recently. That feels like an underloved movie. I'm I'll bring it there. up. Why not? Um, not I'm not there. It is Todd Haynes's, it's called a Bob Dylan biopic, but I don't even think it's really appropriate to call it a Bob Dylan biopic. And I want to say, I know I really know nothing about Bob Dylan, nor do I listen to his music. I just was like, I like Todd Haynes. Why not? Because mm. uh, I love Carol. I love Safe. I like a lot of his films. Uh, and it was just this weird kaleidoscopic exploration of art and death through sort of the personas of Bob Dylan. Um, and everyone is played by a different actor. There's a very iconic Cate Blanchett in full drag as Bob wow. Dylan, basically. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's been my most, like, kind of weirded me out, but in the best way possible movie this year. Bob Dylan, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, Bob Dylan. like this. Yeah. Bob Dylan. Uh, but I, I think like my favorite movie I've watched all year is After Sun, which is a pretty recent release, yeah. speaking of Mr. Paul Meskel. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, watch After Sun if you have not seen The Light. And Fantastic. But, oh, yeah, those Fantastic. are some great movies I watched this year, and I do for Brady, I guess. That's a great top three. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that top three for sure. We love it. Boy, we should say hello to some new patrons. Eric, Hosway, Dare, Weston, Danzer, and MD all joined this week at patreon.com slash 70mm. Got access to the VHS Village Discord. Discounts on Danny's Beautiful Prince. By the way, I have seen, well, everyone listening as it's released has seen it, but the art for this week. Oh. Man alive. Thank you. Maybe the best ever? Is it the best? Part of what no. people are saying. Are you getting the DMs? People saying uh, I'm getting the DMs, and yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype about this this art. It could mm. be number one. Oh, it's pretty gorge. It's oh, thank you. <laughs> it's something. I got a sneak preview. That's that was that's, I was that's like rarely wow. allowed. I think all, Danny also like posted it and then deleted it. One of his quick delete tricks. Yes. Listen, sometimes you just gotta be in the Discord. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. Why you gotta sign Lightning up for the Patreon. Um, we got access, you get access to recent releases just for supporters, Columbo, Smallville pilot. I think we've settled and we have one more pilot to do, and then we might announce the next phase of the supporter episodes very soon. Very oh. soon. We're also probably going to be announcing our next, uh, intern <sighs> commentary episode. Oh, very soon. Yep. Zowie, Zowie. Yep. There's a lot of things going on here. 
Lots to talk about. Uh, maybe it's time to get to Singing in the Rain. 1952. This is episode 159 of 70 millimeter, by the oh, way. Oh, gosh. Oh, congrats, guys. Mm, thank, wow. you. thank you. Thank we you. We made it to the milestone of 159 yeah. <laughs> for all these years. <laughs> I was dreaming of that 159, baby. <laughs> Everyone always has it on the calendar. It's circled in the future. Uh, Prado, what is this movie, Singing in the Rain? Don Lockwood is a star of silent films, but when the talkies arrive, he's got to reinvent his career. Lucky for him, he is in love with Kathy, a brilliant singer, and best friends with maestro Cosmo Brown. Together, the trifecta dives headfirst into shooting a musical to save their movie from certain box office catastrophe. Gotta dance for singing in the rain. Gotta dance. <laughs> Good. The grin on Proto's face when he delivered the last line. That's just <laughs> incredible. I'm so happy with himself. So this was Mackenzie's pick for this episode. When was the first time that you saw this movie? Did you hear about this movie growing up at all? Was it just in the background? Uh, how did it relate to you and movie watching? I definitely did not see this as a kid. Um, I think I had like heard the name of it because it's so. it just feels so iconic culturally. Like you kind of just know what the song Singing in the Rain is. and uh, But I'd never seen it. I got into musicals in early high school after I saw Hairspray <laughs> and fell in <laughs> love with it. And uh, definitely is the reason why I went to school for theater because I got really into musical theater. But I was very like anti-old musicals. I did mm, like one oh. production of Oklahoma and I was like, Rodgers and Hammerstein are dead to me. I never <laughs> want to see a musical before... 1992. I don't know. Um, so I was, I never sought it out because I just assumed it's an old musical. There's no way it's good. Um, which was definitely probably how a 15 year old thinks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my freshman year of college, I worked backstage on a production of singing in the rain. I was Lena Lamont's quick change person. And <laughs> I also had to vacuum up all the rain at intermission. <laughs> uh, oh when it me. just splashed all over the stage uh, it was the worst job ever. Uh, we'd have to shop vac it like the full like 15 minute what? intermission. And we'd be vacuuming up all the rain and then dumping oh it gosh. outside. What? Um, it was Isn't hell. there some kind of like fancy new wave Drainage. way to, to show <laughs> like rain a in a play or, or, or some kind like <laughs> faux rain? Maybe it's like lighting. Projecting. Yeah, it's like project mm. projection Hollow rain or something. Rain. Wouldn't that have been great for a college just to say, let's <laughs> yes. take the L and do a projection? No, instead they had to hook up a hose that was attached to a pipe above the stage and rain would fall into the most shallow trough ever. And the Don Lockwood actor would just start tip tapping his little feet in it and it would go literally all over everywhere. Oh um, so I, at that point in my life, I became aware of what Singing in the Rain was, but I still never saw the movie. And then, like, early, early last year, my fiancé, Rachel, was like, why the hell have you not seen Singing in the Rain? Mm -hmm. And we put it on, and it blew my mind. I could not believe how gorgeous it was, how fun it was, how it lived up and su surpassed any expectation I might have had for it. Uh, and it kind of just immediately became a movie that I feel like I could just watch a million times and mm. and never get tired of. I actually recently watched it, so like I, a couple months ago. So this is a my third watch of Singing in the Rain. But oh, wow. yeah, it just gets better every time. It's such a beautiful movie to just look at. And mm. Uh, mm. yeah, I love Singing in the Rain now. Um, Prada, you revealed I think last week that you this was going to be your first viewing, right? Yeah, yeah. I watched. Um, 
my mom was into uh, musicals of this era and we would watch some of them, but mostly like at Christmas, you know, I guess like the Christmas stuff, uh, like Bing Crosby um, musicals. Yeah. And somehow I never saw this. I don't know. Uh, it seems strange now, but it just wasn't in the rotation. Maybe it's just because we didn't have the VHS mm-hmm. and that's the way it went. Yeah. Um, but no yeah, first viewing disc. for me. No laser disc. Uh, Danny, I think famously you added this to your top four last year on your yes. first viewing, right? On my oh yeah, on my first viewing last year, I put this directly into my top four. Um, but that that's it. That's all I really knew about this film outside of Disney's great movie ride, which we just oh. talked about with Casablanca. There's a segment in the ride where I'm sure someone will correct me because they do. There, when you are looking at Casablanca, I believe the sing in the rain segments on the other side of you, but if they're close enough that there's like the classic cinema section of so that's all i knew of singing in the rain mm. was him holding on to the light post getting right. all wet for the girl he loves would that it's worth so simple <laughs> <laughs> love when you get wet for the girl you love you know that's that's true love right there that wasn't me this time i'm not the one <laughs> saying the I, I almost felt like i had to sew my mouth shut and i went let it out let it out Kenzo, let it out uh i remember so I think the first time I watched this really as an adult was probably in prep for the Letterboxd show. So it was on someone's four mm. faves. So I sat and watched it. And then I think it was another pick for someone's four faves. So I watched it again. And that's when so I- So many picks. That's when I five banged it last year on oh Letterboxd. I, I gave it a hard five. Oh my. And um, so we'll take it from there. Uh, but I do remember growing up and seeing this you know, my dad was a big movie buff, so I think I saw this probably in the background, but also in like montages a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like the greatest movies of all time. You see him dancing around, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen this, I've heard this song like a million times, like singing in the rain. Like you hear it, you hear it so often, you see the scenes so many times. But really, I think probably for most of us, you don't really sit to watch it um, mm-hmm. until later in life. So, Mackenzie, you're the guest. Uh, you'll start off our discussion. We'll try to, in this segment, we'll jot down three things uh, for each host. We'll go round table to get through our list and then we'll give our final rating. So Mackenzie, what's the first thing that you want to talk about for Singing in the Rain? Oh, wow. I mean, I think the first thing that really hits me that I, that I, that is what blows my socks off every time I watch this is the production design and just the technicolor of the film. The, the, the colors are so vibrant and maybe it's because so often mainstream films look like brown sludge uh, oh, nowadays uh, yeah. in certain light. I mean, I, you know, I, I love Rob Marshall, but every time I see a screenshot from the new little mermaid and you oh cannot perceive a single human being in the shot, uh, it like makes ass. me sad. And, but yeah, like, gosh, I mean, I have a new ish 4k TV and just pop in this movie mm. on, especially in the Broadway melody sequence where there's all those oh different colors. I, I just, it's like, mind-blowing that a movie can look so delectable uh, mm-hmm. visually. Uh, it's just, I, I, it's, I just miss it. I wish movies looked like this, but also it makes this feel special because I can really only get it here in this kind of era of the great Technicolor mm-hmm. usage. I thought my budget TCL was going to explode during the finale of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just like melt off the wall. Um, and the last time I thought about this while we were watching an older movie was a supporter-only episode of West Side Story. Because I think, if I remember correctly, that was like one of our early 4K watches, like as a group. And 
that thing looks nuts. You yeah. know, the dance hall, remember the colors pop yes. on those walls? I had I had memories of that experience. But so what about you, Proto? What do you think about the visuals? Yeah, I mean, it really does. Like the 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 way the colors are used in this, it is like it looks like more of like an art form. Where, as Mackenzie was saying, like now it kind of almost feels like an afterthought with some stuff. Almost like there's no color theory with this, though. It it's 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 so alive. Um, and uh, this was kind of like probably going to be my first point, which is that it reminded me a lot. I actually watched it a second time. I watched it again today. It reminded me of uh, a cartoon. Uh, so much just between like by the colors, but also all the other elements of it as well. And then I, I went, um, I went and I, I was talking about it with my, uh, with my, uh, my wife and my son and he loves to dance. And I was like, Oh, I watched this movie. You got to see the sequence. So I showed him the got to dance, uh, sequence, the, the whole Broadway bit at the end. Um, and it is amazing how, and that's the first thing he said. He was like, this looks like a cartoon just because of how the color is used. It's just so vibrant and like communicates so much through it that um, it's amazing. Mm. Unreal. Unfreaking real. What is Marshall doing with that Little Mermaid trailer? <laughs> is this movie real? The man that gave I'm me saying. Chicago is going to give me sludge. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Some of the screenshots that were popping up in my Twitter feed looked very sus. Yes. Um, Danny, any any things jump out of you at the visuals before we get to your number one? I mean, not more than what was said. It really is kind of shocking how colorful this is. It, it reminded me of when we watched uh, Red Shoes and the oh. Technicolor and Red Shoes mm-hmm, and the 4K mm-hmm. of that. And this really had that same vibe where, um, like Proto said, there was thought into every scene. And what jumps out at me the most when I think of the color in this, not just the opening of the lights in the Broadway section, but when Debbie is wearing that purple that purple dress when he walks her into the mm-hmm. giant bay mm-hmm. and he kicks on the sunset and just how it all kind of goes together that dress matches the background and he's turning the fan on and then he kicks the lights on for the stars behind her and it is just a gorgeous scene and it feels intentional it doesn't feel like oh wow we caught this on camera it's like oh we're gonna think this through how the colors are laying across the screen the ground how debbie's looking the background i mean it's just it's it's it it's it's a it's artwork i mean when those those bay doors open Oh my god! That was a crazy shot. What a crazy shot! That looked fake. The the size, the scale of that shot, and they do that again with the Broadway scene when they pull back from him when he's, and it's just that big, long. It's like how big are these? Never seen that that they're in. It's it's just it looks the scale looks bonkers, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't Uh, feel fake. It feels real, right? Feels Mm -hmm. vast, like the size. These aren't matte paintings. Oh. Love matte paintings. <laughs> Love them so much. I, I thought about you um, with the matte paintings when the when, opening uh, shot at the movie premiere, the very first shot. No, 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 no. When, um, when uh, after he's trying to find uh, Debbie's character again, I what's her name? Kathy. I keep Kathy. blanking on her name. Um, and he's walking through all the different movies being shot. Yeah. And then the train scene where it's the rotating backdrop. Yeah. I'm like, oh, look at that matte painting. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think there's a matte painting where they go to the Royal Rascal premiere, you know, when all the actors are coming up to the red carpet and the first shot of the movie theater. Oh my God, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. 
My number one, what do I want to talk about? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, one of them was like essentially just reiterating what happened to these movies. And I know what happened to them, but like, mm-hmm. is do you need that perfectionist director, a la, sorry, James Cameron, to oh have movies that make you feel like you're getting the best of the best? Because Tell you, I did watch a making of, uh, which was hosted by Debbie Reynolds, believe it or not. She did like Queen. a- hosting she she looked fantastic she oh my god she's so radiant and like hosting a making of for this movie and she talked about gene and everyone talked about gene being that kind of perfectionist and you can kind of read between the lines which some of the stuff has come out like later about how he was kind of really hard on debbie reynolds she said it was like the hardest thing between filming that movie and childbirth were equally (laughs) difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) um But it's so funny to see this older documentary where you, she's like. At the time, I wasn't a dancer at all. I was a gymnast. And I was very insecure and frightened that I wouldn't be able to keep up. But I kept right on practicing my steps. And the wonderful thing about Gene Kelly was that he made you feel you were capable of more than you had ever done. He would come in, watch my rehearsals and say, work harder. And I wanted so much to prove to him that I could pull this off. So I worked harder. But like when you read between the lines, like he's just like this little, the biggest a-hole on set, like making her, you know, try to get better and better. But it's, it's just Work so cool. harder! <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, I think it, some of that comes back to like, you either have to be that kind of like visionary to even make this stuff happen. Otherwise it's just not going to happen. Like Spielberg, uh, you know, kind of tried to do it with West Side Story that had some amazing visuals, but like other directors, you're just not getting something that's going to knock your socks off. Like, I guess mm. it's just, I mean, I don't guess, but I guess it is just so difficult to do. At this scale as well, I think, which Jim Cameron is, I think, great at doing those large scale right. projects. Um, Mackenzie, what's what's next on your list that you wanted to t- discuss? Can I go? Oh, did you go? You didn't go yet? Nobody Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I thought that was one of your points. What point? Diddy, please, please go. This is not the first time you've done this. (laughs) Do not silence him. Oh my gosh. (sighs) I I wanted to talk about Gene Kelly. Uh, I said to Casey, I was like, if you told me that they CGI Gene Kelly's legs in this movie, I would believe you. I've never seen a man move like this. With his legs, the tapping. Not only him, even Donald. There are moments where, uh, I mean, Moses supposes is an incredible moment in this film. Not for what, not just the song. When they get in sync together and are tapping and doing all the moves, I, 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 I have to pick my jaw off the floor. I'm just, I can't believe what I'm watching. I don't think I've ever seen... I mean, I haven't seen anything else by Gene Kelly in this and definitely not anything Donald has been in. But the the dance moves the way gene moves it's sexual <laughs> yes. i can't it, it's incredible to watch this man his his, yes. his ass cheeks alone in those slacks like this is an r rated movie if this comes out today probably oh easily and 4k yeah 4k ass made of marble chiseled god yeah the dance the dance scenes are nuts i remember being blown away by that scene and most of these shots are long takes mm-hmm. like it's not yeah. quick cuts oh. super long takes and i watched a second documentary oh, <laughs> uh the apple tv edition had like extras which was a more modern 
making of. It was kind of like a talking head. And you can kind of get an idea of when it was filmed because this had actors from Glee in High School Musical oh, and the God. director of High School Musical. Like this is the, the, I guess at the time, the cutting edge of musical talent. Um, and they were saying how at that time, you know, you filmed it just to show how good everyone is at this. And it, they took months to rehearse. Like they would stop production to rehearse these dance numbers and get it in those long takes, which is still so bonkers to me. I would be exhausted doing that. He had a smile on his face the whole freaking time. The whole time. Made me sick. And singing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's incredibly effortless in the way that he dances. He just, he makes it look so easy. Mm -hmm. um, the moves that he does early when he's first explaining like his mm -hmm. his journey up and and him and, um, what's what's his, is it Donald? Donald, yes. The, Donald's the, the actor. Where, where they're like, Cosmo. yeah, like, low at the ground and they're, I don't know what that's, what that's called, but they're kicking their legs out. Mm. Like they make it look like it's not a big deal. I would, I would like break my neck <laughs> if I tried to do that. I would blow you know? both of my it, knees out. It's, it's just incredible how everything is like perfect. Every single move of his, I, I don't think I've ever been like enthralled by a dancer in the way that, mm. that I was by like watching him. I feel like I'd never seen anyone dance like him before. Should we start dancing? <laughs> next next meetup. Class, we'll maybe. recreate. Moses supposes oh, on okay. stage. <laughs> Deal. That would be amazing. <laughs> no, Gene Kelly just always seems like he's just like floating on air when he dances in a way that is like, I cannot believe, especially in that Broadway melody, there was a part when like they all rushed towards him and he's kind of leaning back and doing this like slow mm -hmm. whatever. And I was like, he looks like he weighs the same as a feather. Like, how does mm -hmm. he do that? And Moses supposes might be my favorite in the whole movie. Because I love that you can see how talented they both are, that they're so in sync. But also, if you take the time to just focus on one of them, they have their own flares. They have their own personality in their dancing, which I love that they're in sync, but they're also so unique in the way that they dance. Like, it's just brilliant. Mm -hmm. They're just, I mean, I, I can't get over that talent. Kevin and I talked about it a bit on ADP. I watched uh, That's Entertainment on HBO Max, which was like a clip show of all these types of musicals. It was like MGM oh. being like, hey, look how great our musicals were. And there was a thing at the beginning of one of them, because there's three, I watched the first two, where I think it was Frank Sinatra or somebody walking out and introducing Singing in the Rain and saying like, you will never see talent like this on a screen ever again. I would bet money. And oh. it's true. I just feel like we don't see like triple threats and yeah. people of this level of mm. talent and the ways that they were talented anymore. It's it, it, it's another reason I think why the movie feels unique. It's because like, when's the last time we've seen someone dance like that? Um, Not La, first, La First person say La La Land <laughs> in La chat La gets an Insta ban. Not I will La La ban you. The photo of La La Land where their little arms are extended and I see that, that Ryan Gosling's hand is not energized. Yes. It's just yeah. like limp. I'm like, get out of here. You are no Gene Kelly. He slept walks for that movie. Yeah, that's such a great point because if this movie was made now, it would just be big name actors who would like, they would just be taught how to dance. Like we don't have dancers who are actors. Mm. We only have just, we just have actors who fill any role uh, regardless of if they have the skill to perform something like that. Because mm -hmm. uh, I can't, you know, I mean, there's like, there's singers, entertainers who kind of make the transition to movies, but like something like this, yeah, it's it's true. You don't right. see it as much. A small percentage of the acting crew. I also think it was more reasonable for people to go from theater to film back in this time as well, which I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of the people in this movie did as they were theater people. And then they 
became film people and they had all that experience from theater. Cripes. Next on your list, Mackenzie? Well, you know, we talked about Jean. I, I, I feel like the cast is, is just so great to talk about. So since we talk about Jean, maybe we talk about Donald and Debbie, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Donald O'Connor just steals the show so much. He is so funny. He, he is just always walking in the room with little stinker energy. And I, I respect, I respect a little stinker. He's walking in going, hey guys. He's just twirling his little mustache and being cute. Uh, and he's brilliant. I mean, make him laugh is one of the most brilliant single performances. Like the fact that he's holding that number by himself. And I feel like he, I've read somewhere he was sick maybe when he did that. I feel like they oh were all gosh. sick doing half of these numbers. Uh, but, um, and then Debbie, I mean, she's just perfection. When um, All I Do Is Dream of You began happening, I felt like Don Lockwood in that moment of like, how can you watch her right there and not just fall in love with her immediately? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wow. It's just that the trio of the lead cast is just bonkers how talented and funny and attractive and wonderful yeah. they all are. Don also has, I feel like, big cocaine energy too. Excuse <laughs> Probably- me. Okay, you know, yeah. he's he's imbibing alleged. before he walks. Yeah, this is alleged. Please, but you could you almost like, you have that friend who just feels like they just imbibed before they got in the room. They're climbing the walls. They're they're literally he's literally climbing the walls. You know, you can see some Jumping people you know doing the same thing. That's what I'm saying. Gene Kelly came in and said, "You better, you better get that energy up, baby." Anyway, <laughs> I mean, they sold it to. probably over the counter. It was the 19, <laughs> 1950s. You get it was that, in the soda. It was in no, the yeah, that's next to the potato chips. For God's sake. <laughs> You know, Cosmo's delivery in his comedy is what I think I love most about him. Not just his dancing and stuff. He has the most subtle kind of jokes that can go overlooked. My favorite, one of my favorites is um, when the tire gets flat and he goes, I can't understand it. This car hasn't given me a lick of trouble in nearly six hours. Hey, there's Don Lockwood. (laughs) It's so subtle, but it's funny. Uh, when he uh, finds out he's being the new music head of music or he was like losing his job, he says, well, I can now work on my symphony or something. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, you're going to be promoted. He's like, oh no, I can work on my symphony. Or, <laughs> it's just like so subtle. His comedic yeah. timing is perfect. Uh, call me a cab. Okay, cab. It's just, it's really funny <laughs> stuff. And I watched it with, so I watched it for a second time. I almost finished it again today with my oldest daughter. And I wasn't sure how she'd like it. She's 15. I just hear her laughing at these bits too. And it's just crazy that it can still make that kind of impact on a different generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone in chat, let me see if I can find it. There was a question about, wasn't uh, Don like in a hospital for three days after the make him laugh bit? I did see something on the Wikipedia that like they filmed it over the course of three days and he was like bedridden yeah. after after, <laughs> after wow. filming it or something. Like that's how tired he was. I, mean, I don't know if that's true, but segment. it was pretty insane. When there he's the screen actors go moving his face around too. Oh God, there was the, he there. He did speak about that in one of the documentaries. He was talking about how it was building to such a, a large crescendo that I thought I'd have to kill myself at the end to top everything that I was. Doing. Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> Donnie. I, I thought about so yeah. He's very much the character of real life. Um, I thought about something like I grew up a wrestling fan, and there was like this joke that people would say that Ric Flair could wrestle a five-star match with a broomstick. Like he was so talented that there would be a broomstick in the ring and you'd believe everything you saw. And Donald O'Connor is like the equivalent of that. Like he literally has a Mm -hmm. dummy. He has a raincoat. He has himself. 
Um, and it's insane. Like you're glued to the entire moment and it's just so well done. I, I rewind the walking up the wall thing every time I watch this movie. Like I still am Bonkers. blown away that he's able to do that. Twice. Proto. Next on your list. Um, yeah, next on my list was, yeah, just the, the kind of the same thing, just about the the three of them and their chemistry. Um, and also just like the script. The script is is really funny. Just the, the way the story is constructed. Um, there, I love the the banter between uh, Debbie Reynolds uh, when her and Gene Kelly meet where he falls into um, her car. Uh, just the way they go back yeah. and forth. They're so playful with each other. The script is so smart, but they have just like amazing chemistry um, in those scenes. Uh, and then having the the three of them together for the the good morning bit um, is 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 magic. Like the the what you mentioned them uh, dancing with the raincoats, just mm. like the creativity. That's the thing. Like there's so much like creativity in all of these like the. the these dances that just put a smile on your face as you watch it, just because it's surprising and just uh, exciting to watch in that way where, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like who would have thought like dancing would be this compelling, at least to me, like I'm not a big fan of like dance numbers and whatnot, but this like really captivated me in a way that a, a musical hasn't before. Yeah. The, the, one of the docs had, you know, people who, who do this for a living even call out that like the amount of props that Gene would love to use in the dance numbers, um, just, you know, multiplies the difficulty levels in all of these things, especially since they're using the long takes really. I mean, like I've re- I think I wrote this in one of my reviews, but maybe this is on someone else's top three, but the dream sequence with Sid Charisse in mm-hmm. that hangar with oh, the word. Uh, what is that? That's gigantic scarf that scarf. she had. Yeah. The like, first of all, that thing is gorgeous. That scene is gorgeous. It's stupid. It's amazing. I want that framed. But the amount of work that it took for them to make sure that that scarf was moving with the music <laughs> and also just not in anyone's face, <laughs> like during the entire right. dance number, they were talking about how like they had a series of women like working the fans to ensure that that was like moving at the correct speed and like moving up the right way so that it could form like that entire scene just still boggles my mind. Like, I don't understand how they did it or how they even came up with it. Um, it's just nuts. It's nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. It doesn't look physically possible what, how they controlled that veil. It, it, it looked like it had a mind of its own. And the fact that they did it with fans is just, it, it's hard to believe it, mm-hmm. it's that impressive. Mm-hmm. Jean, Jean's all black look in that scene. Oof. My God. Said Charisse's legs. Oh my it's God. Insane. Seven feet bonkers. long, those legs. <laughs> legs are as long as Gene. <laughs> Literally, he's a you short king. Imagine Danny he's next to Sid Charisse in this He's got to be a short king. I'm like 6'3, <laughs> Slim, please. You are not. You are not. <laughs> Gene Kelly has short energy, I would say. They did, I feel like he, he looks kind of short. They did say that Gene knew how tall she was, and even with the heels on he had to construct the dance in a way that didn't really accentuate the height difference. So that's why you mm. see them kind of like bending a lot mm. and mm-hmm. moving and swaying with each other because it really changes the kind of like height differential when they're together, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. Otherwise, he's wearing lifts. Like he can't wear lifts, the moves he's doing. You know, mm. he's wearing flats for God's sake. That'll be my third. So let's move to Danny. That was your third? Or my second. That was my second. Sorry. I thought I got skipped again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I put this in my That's first respect. review of this movie 
I am oh I'm both times watching this now, I'm constantly shocked on how um not serious it takes itself. I when I first watched this movie, I was thinking 50s musical. Um the only thing I could think of, I don't know if it's 50s, but like sound of music is very serious. Not as much like I just thought that there was like a vein of this is gonna be a serious, you know, singing movie, but it is so funny. It pokes at Hollywood way more than I thought it would. And I just, I, I want to be in the theater when this comes out and just to see how the crowd actually reacts to this film because it, yeah. it, it shows silent films, but also it shows them watching silent films and the react and like even the silent film is funny. It's also poking at silent films. It's, it's incredibly meta this whole movie. And I, it, it's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Protos talked about how the story was incredibly written. And it's just like, it's so true. I don't feel like you could pull another movie out of the fifties and been like, it's equally as creative as this or uh, funny. Like every that's, this is firing on all cylinders, comedic, musical dance performances, visuals. I mean, the, no one misses a beat. The character actors alone, like um, uh, Lena Lamont, She's so funny. Like her, her voice in this is hilarious. The director is so funny when he's trying to mic her up and just screaming his head off. (laughs) Like there's so much production value into this movie that I'm constantly, every time I watch it, I'm just shocked that this is how perfect this movie is. Who's going to, who's, who in modern day is going to make this movie? Danny McBride. No one's making this movie today. It's over. (laughs) It's never coming back. It's not possible. I did see in the documentary drink whenever I mentioned the documentary. Sorry, everybody. No, I like that you watched it. I meant to. Yeah, um, cool. That most of the music already existed in the time period that they're referencing, like Singing in the Rain, and a few, uh, most of the songs. And they showed clips from the movies. Like the first talky, the first musical dance, all singing, all talking, all dancing, written by the people who wrote the music, Brown and Arthur Freed was the Broadway melody. So they played a clip of that movie. I think it was like mm-hmm. 1929. I mean, it looked boring as hell compared to what <laughs> so we got boring. in this movie. <laughs> it looked like a dry run from a high school. Um, and they also yeah. played like the original Sing in the Rain song, which was from the Hollywood Review of 1929. And Arthur Freed went on to, you know, American in Paris, Gigi. I think he produced Wizard of Oz. Um, the last thing I'll say about Arthur Freed is Shirley Temple... Black wrote in her biography that like at age 12, they did like a casting session and she says that Arthur Freed exposed himself to her in her what casting session the? as like a 12 year old. What? So just like, who kn- I don't know. I just had, I feel like I had to bring that up because I didn't want anyone to bring up that like we didn't mention this, but Arthur Freed, but so just throwing it out there. Good God. Got to but it's, next it's, time. it's insane that the meta levels of the movie, like, go back decades. Like it was meta even then. And it's even more meta now watching it in 2023, which is bonkers. They showed a lot of those clips from in That's Entertainment as well. And I felt like such a doofus because I didn't realize that all these songs were already written and already popular. And I watched the Broadway melody and it is so boring. And all they do is just (laughs) sing that one song over and over again. And it doesn't get any better. Um, so yeah, don't, I wouldn't write. It did win the Academy Award. So I was trying to be a completionist. The, the, the uh, Scene of the Rain clips are also pretty bad. 
And they're like, yeah, this yeah. amazing number of the Singing in the Rain from 1929. I'm like, I'm falling asleep watching. <laughs> There's like 60 people on stage wearing raincoats singing this song in the rain. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie, we're back to you for your number three. Gosh, I feel like we've said everything because so much of this movie is just like, it looks gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. The acting's mm-hmm. perfect. It's just, it's. I feel like we've said truly everything and I agree with everything that's been said. Um yeah, the, the, these are the best versions of the songs for me. I mean, like, it's just, they're all bangers. Um, but I think that maybe the last thing I want to bring up is something that blows my mind every time I think about it, speaking of the Academy, is that this was just, like, completely ignored by the Oscars, except except for two nominations that was, um, like, best scoring of a movie, which it lost. Somehow, this musical lost that. And Gene Hagen, who played Lena Lamont, was the one other nomination. Really, And I find that so interesting. I mean, shout out to her. She's fabulous. But uh, I find it so wild that, like, I feel like this movie is, like, so iconic. It has stood the test of time. There are people on podcasts in 2023 Mm -hmm. watching it for the very first time. And kids this week watching it for the first time. And it's just, I feel like it is probably more than any other movie that year stood the the test of time. And so it's very wild that... um, it was so ignored when I just feel mm-hmm. like it is like the classic of all musical classics. There were some theories that the year before, I think an American in Paris had done so well mm. at the Oscars that they was were that like, Jane too? Yeah. Yeah. That they were kind of giving the musical a break for a year, but I don't know how true that is. A crime. It, it, it is a crime and we will work to prosecute those involved this year. <laughs> I'm moving. With our legal I'm moving team. On it. They're still alive. <laughs> We'll prosecute their estates if we have to. We'll take them down. I'll come after your grandchildren. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Proto, final point. Um, Yeah, we've covered so much. I just got to say that the the whole Broadway sequence, Mm -hmm. Gotta Dance, is just, uh, that's it for me. I, I I love that whole sequence. I thought it was mesmerizing when Gene pulls out the ballet moves. Uh, as they go, as he goes into the dance with the the the, the woman in the green dress, my God, it's just an, an incredible. I don't know. It's like 15 minutes long, it's too. It's, it's Gene, crazy. Gene Kelly's like, "All right, we're cresting into the final act, real quick. <laughs> Let me just pause. I got something else to do for like 20 minutes." And it just like, I mean, what a risk that I feel like pays off because it's like, who cares? It's fun, but like, why wouldn't you just keep? Telling the the story we're already watching, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it ends with a great joke too. There, where he's like, you know, explaining it to the producer, and at <laughs> yeah. the end, he's like, "Yeah, I really can't envision it." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that set is that one of the greatest sets ever made. Like they, I think they said they used two mm-hmm. lots. It was two football field size lots to oh my to, to do that final sequence. And I mean, every shot is nuts. The pull away where they have all those signs hanging there. Yeah. What a what a lost art. Like that entire mm. sequence is really looking back. Uh my final point. I I just real quick wanted to touch on, you know, the talky aspect of it. How they they have this party and the the head of the studio shows them a reel of like <laughs> the earliest footage of audio and video mixed together and everyone's like yeah, this is a fad. This is nothing. It's never going to take off. And I'm it's so, repulsive. 
the gums on that man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that man's gums. Who's yeah. talking? They're so deep and dark. I was like, what is, mm-hmm. is he okay? The 4K didn't do him any justice. 1929. <laughs> you know how expensive dental work was back then, Mackenzie? <laughs> I God. just was like, why can I see inside of this <laughs> line is a hundred years away. A at trough this point. is built between his teeth and his gums. It's very yeah, the 4K I apologize. Did not We're not do prosecuting it. his estate. In fact, no, they no, might no, prosecute no, okay. us, specifically Mackenzie, for those comments. Send them to me. Send them to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the just looking back to see how shift like seismic shifting that was and i'm so it's probably easy for me to do but like how were you that shocked how did you not see this being the future of cinema in any way shape or form and it's bonkers that they weren't able to really even do it at that point until like 1929 where the first feature film did it um so it's it's fun to see their reaction to to that thing and also it's fun to see them try to film a a movie with sound mm-hmm. they did say in the documentary yeah drink where they they did like they had show some stock footage of actors at MGM pre sound, and they showed them at like a party. You know the cameras just like going down this long table, and they you know they did say that like most of the of the actors uh, were not capable of doing a movie with sound. They weren't capable of acting, speaking, or singing, mm-hmm. which is bonkers to think about. That Lena's character was a large percentage of staff at MGM. Like they, if if they had to be heard, their career was finished, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, crazy. even Dawn too, he had to ask for the lines to be changed because he just wanted to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. He's not going to write lines. He, did, he had no idea how to perform lines. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was really well portrayed. Yeah. I feel like that happened to a lot of actors of that, of that time. I mean, pantomime is a little different than especially the kind of acting we're used to now. And um, it makes me think also of another movie, I think that is subtly very great about this, The Sunset Boulevard. Because there's also meta layers to that yeah. of like the main actress and that was one of the actresses who didn't quite make it in that transition. Uh, and then she's playing an actress who didn't quite make it in that transition and the madness yeah. and the the self-hatred and all of the that that comes with that. And yeah, I feel like that's, it's weird, but yeah, it feels like a lot of people just kind of, if you got left in the dust, you were in the dust and everybody mm-hmm. was moving on. Right. I wonder if there's an equivalent to modern time. Like, what would that be for I, us? I was thinking that too. And the only thing I can think of was like 3D, but 3D wasn't the next yeah. AI. It, I mean, oh. maybe social media and or like the, I mean, I feel like there's a idea of being online now that wasn't even a celebrity's thing like 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And now there has to be this like level of like being online and present and people know you in a different way. So maybe that's the biggest like shift in celebrity culture. Yeah. I feel like that's happened. Mm. Uh, Danny, final thought. Uh, third point. I mean, we've talked so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kathy, Debbie Reynolds is amazing. She's so adorable. Mm-hmm. My favorite bit, uh, well, not my favorite bit of hers, but when she, um, drops him off and he closes his coat in the door and her laugh <laughs> at him <laughs> is incredible. What a laugh. And he looks directly at the camera bemused he, yeah. as he walks away too. <laughs> he breaks the fourth wall a lot, which I, I found very interesting in this too. Um, yeah, that's honestly about it. Really. Uh, well, this let's is, get the rating and final thoughts. Sure. Right final now thoughts. Danny. There, I don't, I can't fault anything in this movie. I mean, I watch it once and it goes instantly up into my top four. I think this is easily one of the greatest movies of all time. 
in for a movie from the 50s to be able to just still blow my mind now, blow my daughter's mind. I don't know if it blew her mind, but she was laughing and enjoying it with me. Uh, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's it's easily a five-star movie. Uh, I, I can't imagine giving it any less. I can't imagine anyone else giving it any less. Um, so if you have, there's time to change it before I see your letterbox. <laughs> I mean, the question is, should we prosecute these people? Yeah, we need to, we'll have to think about that as well. We're building Litigation. a line of the people that we're prosecuting. Yeah. Who will pro bono litigate for us mm-hmm. against people who rated it sub five stars? <laughs> will Proto be included in the litigation? We haven't heard his rating yet. Stay tuned. Oh my. <laughs> Mackenzie, final thoughts, honorable mentions, rating? Oh, I mean, it's, yeah, I, speaking, I just give Kathy that last shot of her with the tears in her eyes. Oh, yeah. Sends me to the moon. Uh, Yeah, this is like the easiest five-star ever. It's just such a a perfect movie. I think it might be the beacon of movie musicals. Someone, I believe, Mm. in chat earlier said every other movie musical is chasing this movie. Mm. Uh, And I think some part of that may be true. It really is just, um, I don't know, it's... (laughs) It's the reason why I liked 80 for Brady. It was it's a movie that is there to make people smile. It's a movie that's there to bring joy and to bring mm-hmm. light. And I think that a movie like this especially feels great when so much feels so dark. And so mm-hmm. uh yeah, I just this easiest five star ever. Great movie. Yeah. I picked it because I knew that it would be a really happy, love-filled evening. And um mm-hmm. thanks for doing this movie. Oh, God. Can we get that on a t-shirt, that entire speech? <laughs> Thanks for Printed. This movie. <laughs> From <laughs> clavicle <Incredible>. to belly button. <laughs> I need that whole thing. <laughs> the back can be an ad for Invisalign for that Katie one. Brady is as good as Singing the Rain. Both five star movies to old Wilkes <laughs> over here. <laughs> old McKenzo. Proto. Oh, he's taking a drink. He's getting ready. He's got um, something cooked final, up here. Final thoughts. <laughs> um, you said this in your review, Slim, but when Don Lockwood is doing the the stunt double stuff, and he, uh, I wrote down, someone tell Tim Cruise Don Lockwood did it first at that Tim. jump. That looked just like that. that Dead like reckoning the same stunt. Scene. It was the same stunt. <laughs> it's crazy. It was insane. What are you What are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> a line I loved at the beginning where they're watching the movie, and the one girl says, "She's so refined. I think I could kill myself." <laughs> <laughs> So many amazing lines like that. Um, after the Moses supposes, I was like, the amount, how many towels did they need just like to sop up the sweat that these guys must have been producing? Mm-hmm. They were going hard. Mm-hmm. A um, lot of sopping. A lot of sweat on the floor. Uh, why was, did everyone drink milk with dinner? <laughs> was anyone else disturbed by this? When they, they're having a meal together, they have, and they take their plates, they all got a glass of milk. People used to have milk delivered to their homes. The milkman used to hand deliver it. I guess you had like a day to drink it. So it was just like milk for every meal. <laughs> right. My fiance drinks milk with dinner and dinners, I think, should not go with milk. It's like upsetting to me sometimes. Is, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Like it's salmon and rice. And she's like, let me get some milk. And I'm like, what? Excuse me. We're... All right, I love Rachel with all my heart. <laughs> this, but uh, good Lord. <laughs> It's over. <laughs> um, I think the, the thing I love most about this movie is that it is, Mackenzie, you were saying this earlier, it's like happiness on display. It really, just the musical numbers, the, the, the way the story is told, I mean, the singing in the rain sequence, it's just like joy and happiness personified mm. um, there on the stage. And I, I think you're right. I think this is kind of like the, the, 
the the movie that all other musicals would be chasing with with how good this is. Um, so this is a five banger for me. Oh, oh uh, I mean, I think this is. I also think this is probably like a movie that I should you know rewatch every year. Yeah. I mean, it feels that good. Um, you know, between this and Halloween three, those are like my two movies. I've, I've got to watch the double year. feature alone of those two. Oh my god. <laughs> What about the next meetup? We showed two movies, Halloween three, and then singing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> two different shirts. Oh, <laughs> uh, incredible. I have a lot of notes. One Freedom. of the things that I wrote down from the documentary was Debbie Reynolds <laughs> talking about how she started working for MGM at age 15 and she needed her parents approval, obviously, but also because she said that they were Nazarene. I guess they belonged to the Church of Nazarene. Mm-hmm. And they had a conversation and they met people at MGM and they made the decision that MGM was also a hardworking family with nothing evil or depraved going on at MGM. So they allowed her <laughs> Ooh, to work at MGM. Goodness. Okay. Okie Don't know if that Maybe. was all true, but all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's some interesting nuggets. I recommend people checking out these docs. They were very cool. We haven't, we didn't talk about the dance number, um, which was like the fashion show, the beautiful, oh, beautiful girl, girl. Song, oh, I love oh that. Gosh. which I originally like forgot about. And I was like, what is this? And then the outfit started coming through. They called out how the designer, Walter Plunkett, when they were making the movie, they saw his work and they made a whole sequence just to display <laughs> some of the designs mm. that he put together for that fashion show, which I thought was fascinating. When we were watching that today, Olive, she goes, I love every one of those looks. <laughs> they, they all look amazing. Is there yeah. like, I know this was focused on the, the late twenties, but like something about this time frame, the fifties and sixties where mm-hmm. it could work in any decade. Mid century. Uh, where is the movie set theme park attraction of this movie? Disney was. We need to, we need to, we need to make some calls. They ruined it. Need to make some calls. People's eye colors were popping off my TV. The girls with blue eyes, I couldn't even focus. Um, in 4K. <laughs> I don't know why the way you said that. Was the, uh, the director of Monumental Pictures is wearing rocketeer pants. Did you notice oh, that? Oh, I wrote down um, his golf fit. Yeah, <laughs> those flares when um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are they just called like pilot pants? I don't know what the hell they are. When they do the um, jumpers, they show the they show the first uh, silent film that they're in, and he has the sword fighting scene. It really reminded me of the laughing bandit segment of the Rockets yeah. here with with mm-hmm. Dalton. Mm-hmm. Um, the ras the royal rascal swashbuckling scene, maybe the greatest swashbuckling scene in history. Mm-hmm. The scene was so cool. Um, the theater that they're seeing that movie in, I wrote, was streaming movies a mistake? (laughs) 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 That theater is gorgeous. Um, The him on the trolley, the movie sets. I think we talked about this during the Fablemans, but like, I want to be in that era. I want to work in that era. I want to live on these sets. Oh, yeah. So amazing. Have you been to the Chinese theater? I was I was there to see the Hollywood movie ride before it closed. No, 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 no. In LA. Oh, you mean the actual the actual No, I am going on a work trip to LA next week. 
<gasps> and I'm hoping that we can do some cool things at Universal, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's a sketchy area, but the inside, the renovation they did to that theater, it's gorgeous inside. Mm. It's an incredible theater. Mm. Um, ba, 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 ba. Speaking classes. Oh yeah, when they when they first do their first talkie, I love that they just left all the bad audio in and still screen the movie. Like who's oh, editing so the movie funny. together and saying, "Yeah, let's just show it to everybody." <laughs> So bad. Uh, is singing in the run? Is singing in the rain the most famous song of all time? That was just one of my my notes. Ask the question. It's a good question. The Broadway melody sh- set is maybe the best of all time. That pullback shot is nuts. Reminds me of West Side Story. You know, speaking of West Side Story, I forgot to mention Rita Moreno. Very tiny role in this. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. did y'all notice where, her? Where was she at? She's I saw Zelda. her in the credits. Uh, she's so Zelda. Yeah, so she arrives in the beginning with her older uh-huh. husband, and then she is like randomly watching beautiful girls and makes a little stinky face when they're like, "She could be your little sister." And then she's at the end, the one who brings Lena. So she's like mm-hmm. the tiniest role, but little little Marita Moreno there, which is yeah. great. Mm. Eighty for Brady. Eighty for Brady. Oh, oh my god! We all need to I realize got, everything chills. gets back to eighty Chills. for Brady. All right. I'm chilled up. Five stars. It's obviously a five-star movie. Easy. It's amazing. Uh, 4K, if you can do it, watch it, have your life change mm-hmm. irrevocably after watching Singing in the Rain. So glad to do on the show. Thank you, Mackenzie. Thank you for having me. This is great. Mm-hmm. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave yet. Don't leave the oh, studio. Oh, we still have- It's already unplugging. Have, <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Gosh. We Guess still I'll have say. a letter oh. to get to. We have to have Proto reveal his pick for next week. And the theme. Our theme for yeah, next week. wow. Month. It's big. Um, Huge. You can drop us an audio memo or a letter at 70mmpod.com. We got links to everything. This comes from Brian. Subject line, new sub, just trying to support my guys. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, 70mm Brian. St. Angle on Discord. Or is that St. Angel misspelled? I'm not sure. Here to, sh- <laughs> here to show my love and support. I enjoyed this pod enough to sub to the Patreon for the year and got a letterbox sub as well to support you guys. Was very happy to hear the Kill Bill pod live last week. Been listening since good time. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Whoa. Is that episode three? Yeah, it was a long time ago. I would love it if you guys took a shot at Minari, Parasite, Bottle Rocket, or Knives Out episode. My dream app. Are you sitting down? Oh no. <laughs> Would be a Last Samurai or Mission Impossible Fallout <laughs> right before Dead Reckoning Part One comes out. Anyways, love you guys. That comes from Brian Sin Angle in chat. What a letter! It's we haven't mentioned it, but we did drop Kill Bill Volume Two to supporters right after mm-hmm. Volume One last week. That was a lot of fun. Big drop. The Last Samurai. What if? <laughs> what a picture! Can you imagine? <laughs> What if? Is our months. community ready for a Last Samurai? I don't know. I don't know if Ugh. it is. I need Disclaim- to pick up Dis- my Tom journey again. <laughs> Disclaimer, I do a podcast. It's it's on break called Interview with the Podcast Vampire. With <laughs> is that what you call them? My on best break. friends, Jonesy Loves Beer, who hosts Twin Vipers, and Dale underscore A, who hosts uh, Bat and Spider. And we have a rule that I'm not allowed to cover any Tom movie unless we already cover it on Interview with the Podcast Vampire. Mm-hmm. But Last Samurai, that feels like a hot potato. It's know? a hot It's potato. a hot potato to come out with. I'm not willing to catch with, it. Uh, <laughs> with our community at large. <laughs> but we do have some plans for Dead Reckoning time frame. We'll see. 
Mm-hmm. We'll see. Minari. Minari would be fun. Bottle Rocket. Parasite. Number one on the VHS Village top 100 mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. Vote wise. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to talk about this theme next month. It's big. Pert, am I announcing it or am I? Or, or are you? <laughs> is it me or is it Do you me? want me to announce it? <laughs> theme? Uh, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. All right. All Take right. the stage. All right. Let me, I feel let me like I shouldn't be here. I'm like, this feels private. I know. Like, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for this. Oh, my God. All right. So the this is going to be the third time we've done this theme. Mm. But there's going to be a twist. The first time we did it was in May of 2021. Then we did volume two in April of 2022. And then now in March, we're doing Leading Ladies Month volume three. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a twist. It's Leading le- 80s Month. So it's going to be only 80s movies. 80s mm-hmm. ladies. 80s wow. ladies. Hashtag ladies. 80s ladies. Uh, so we're only going to be doing movies from that decade. We're very excited. And I mean, how best to get excited with leading ladies than Proto's Peck? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we were, um, I think we were talking to DMs like 70s month was so much fun. What if we do 80s month? <laughs> and they were like, oh, but we need to do leading ladies too. And then Dale was like, what about leading la- 80s? Yeah. And there it was. <laughs> it's just an L in front Producer. of 80s for everyone to want to try to visualize the bit. 80s. <laughs> it makes sense when mm-hmm. you see it written down. Uh, yeah, so my pick, um, this came to me quick. You know, I almost picked this movie in a previous leading ladies uh, theme. It might have been the first one that we did. I what? picked Orlando the first year. Oh my god! But I think this was my runner-up. Um, oh my gosh! So we will be doing a movie from 1980, and there isn't just one leading lady. We've got three. Oh my gosh! <gasps> We're doing nine to five. Oh, oh, oh my god. gosh! What? Excuse me. Jane also Fonda. connects to 80 for Brady. <laughs> <laughs> no oh my word no yes. dolly Ugh. is this real an all-timer this is a real movie <laughs> look at this cast jane fonda lily tomlin dolly parton streaming on hbo max getting even is a full-time job we're gonna end men next week <laughs> <laughs> we answer the question <laughs> Settle the debate. Settle the debate. Do men suck? What? <laughs> for all. Let me read the synopsis. Frank Hart is a pig. He takes advantage in the grossest manner of the women who work with him. When his three assistants manage to trap him in his own house, they assume control of his department and productivity leaps. But just how long can they keep Hart tied up? Oh, gosh. Dabney Coleman, I presume, is the man himself. Have any of you seen this movie? No. No. Whoa. I <laughs> no. am delighted for all of you to experience this because it's going to go to weird places you, you're not expecting it to go. Oh, Backdrop okay. is amazing. Okay. It's a great movie. I've seen the musical version of it. I grew up watching this movie. Um, oh. My grandmother loved this movie because it's a you know great girl power movie from that time. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Pick. Great pick. Streaming on HBO Max. You all Huge. will fall in love with Dolly if you're not already. I'm looking back at the first leading ladies. Let's see. What did we do? 
Orlando, a woman under what the influence. Mm. Oh, house. Oh, and oh, contact. Oh, and I think there was a vote involved where we did aliens. Right? Didn't? Oh, yeah. Sigourney win Sigourney the village vote. Kate, I think. Right, and then let me find volume two, if I may. Please. Tabulating. Uh, Danny kicked it off with the piano. Oh, mm-hmm. my. Mm-hmm. Annihilation. Oh, God that was bless. that month. God bless. Moonstruck. All and then we, we wrapped with Dirty Dancing with Bex. Yo, that was oh, a banger month. That was a, that's a great Both month. leading ladies months have yeah. been bangers. Holy cow. Thelma and Louise was on leading ladies. Is that wrong? Maybe. When did we do Thelma? Know. I thought that was Leading Ladies, but that I'm was, not sure. Wasn't that before like, we did for that. Control, Control F? Um, that was episode 110. Oh, you know what? We did a weird thing where we started it because then the Godfather 50th anniversary was the week after. So we did Thelma <laughs> oh. and Louise and then we slotted the Godfather. That was our <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. How do I right know the show the better? Bat- I don't <laughs> We just thought we were the worst. I think it's probably safe to say most people know the show better than than we than either three of us. <laughs> I don't even work here. <laughs> the road to the Batman was right before Thelma and Louise. Oh my god! Visualize it. What a, believe, what a time! Believe it. All right. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you want to direct people to find more of what they heard, is is Austin Danger Pod the best place to find it? Yeah, Austin Danger Pod. We're on all of our socials with that. It's a very silly podcast. It's it's just kind of random movies that fit into the oeuvre of 90s, early 2000s studio comedies. Um, and we have a really good time over there. And yeah, we're going to have some more guests on soon. We have a lot of really <gasps> great plans for this year. Uh, so yeah, find us over there. And I may have another project coming up that I cannot oh, share gosh, anything about. What? But there might be another place you can hear me talking about movies. What? Empire Strikes Back podcast. <laughs> yes. How did you know? Empire Strikes Back every week for a year. <laughs> so if you enjoyed our chat today, be sure to check that podcast out. But Proto, any closing thoughts this week? Uh, I was looking around on the Wikipedia Um just trying to read a little bit about Singing in the Rain. And I was on Gene Kelly's wiki. And oh uh, what a fascinating character. I got to watch more of this guy's movies. But I was really impressed by his his like work ethic and just what he was able to accomplish. Like we said earlier, like his dancing was amazing. But there was this quote about him when he was um, practicing for um, a production. And the person said, uh, Van Johnson uh, said, I, I watched him rehearsing and it seems to me that there was no possible room for improvement, yet he wasn't satisfied. It was midnight and we had been rehearsing since eight in the morning. I was making my way sleepily down the long flight of stairs when I heard staccato steps coming from the stage. I could see just a single lamp burning under it. A figure was dancing. It was Gene. Uh, man, that's like an amazing story of like a guy who like went for it hard like hard mm-hmm. and <laughs> paid off that's how I think about Proto prepping for this podcast mm-hmm. that lone Same. light and I see Proto's shadow mm-hmm. doing the work <laughs> prepping the things we have planned <laughs> a little soft shoe under a lamp <laughs> vegan soft shoe uh, we'll see everybody next week for 9 to 5
70 Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pert Alexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast. Ooh.